Okay, thank you to all of those who uh, called in or uh, sent in a Facebook question for Father Will Slattery. And uh, just a reminder that this segment uh, with the uh, Straight Talk is on 9.30 Central Time every Monday through Friday on uh, Real Presence Live. Uh, up next for the remainder of our program today, we're, we will discover some ethical concerns about artificial reproductive technology with Chris Motes, who's on the line with us. He is from the South Dakota Catholic Conference. And later in the show, we'll hear about some fun events on our 10-minute tour. And we are broadcasting live today from Rosewood on Broadway in Fargo, North Dakota. And I'm Jack Canelli, along with my wife, Doreen. We are your hosts for today, so stay tuned, and uh, we will con- we'll bring Chris up. And uh, Doreen, you can introduce him. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Live. We're so um, excited to hear what you have to teach us today in this area of major ethical concerns when it comes to artificial reproduction technology like egg harvesting, sperm donation, and surrogacy. A lot of Catholics um, are misinformed thinking that those are pro-life answers to um, difficult situations. Um, So Chris, um, we'll start diving into this um, uh, right now. If you'd like to begin by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, um, so I'm the Executive Director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, which is an organization that that works for both uh, Catholic bishops of South Dakota. We have two dioceses in our state, and it serves as a resource to those working in government that are interested in what uh, the Church has to say about uh, various uh, policies and laws. It also serves as a resource uh, to Catholics themselves. They're really wanting to to live as as faithful citizens, thinking through how the, the faith applies to matters of public policy. So a very important mission to inform those who are interested but outside of uh, the Catholic Church and the beautiful influence our Church can have on the general culture. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and it, you know, I, I think I, I won't be the first person that, that has noticed that there seems to be just, uh, sometimes we can wonder, like, is there any firm ground to stand on? As the world is constantly changing, and it and it seems like things are changing at a uh, a more and more rapid pace, so it's it's really a great joy to just bear forth the gift of the faith, which is really stable ground to stand on. Um, you know, in my interactions, even with non-Catholic citizens, with Protestants, with non-Christians, it's it's really like a, a breath of fresh air to many people to just um, to see that the, the church really is thought through many difficult issues very deeply. Um, of course, she's, she's committed to just reason in, in her thought, and, and that's, that's like encouraging for people because it's, it's intelligible, right? Like it's accessible to everybody. Exactly. And we all want to be standing on solid ground. <laughs> um, so um, let's begin with some specific uh, topics. Uh, a very difficult one is the idea of artificial reproductive technology, which would be in vitro fertilization, and I think artificial insemination would be another one. So um, could you explain just briefly what we're referring to, and also 
um, what the church teaches and maybe a little background on, on to help us understand why the church teaches what she teaches. Sure. Well, artificial reproductive technology would just be a phrase that encompasses uh, any technological means, so any, any artificial man-made means that separate the marital act from the reproductive act, meaning um, lovemaking between two spouses. When we separate procreation from that act, um, the, the church would say that that's wrong, that it's um, that it's immoral to do so. Um, the, the Church situates this discussion of artificial reproductive technology in the Catechism in its beautiful section uh, on marriage. And it begins with just a, a recitation of, of, of one of the deepest purposes of marriage is to cooperate mm. in God's love, to cooperate with God, uh, to cooperate with the order of uh, that's inherent in our human nature. So when we look at different types of uh, artificial reproductive technology, they're run precisely because they they usurp that role of cooperation with God and put ourselves uh, in His place. Um, and oftentimes, as you pointed out, this is this can be a bit difficult just because we think like, oh, cre- you know, creation of life is always is always good, and it's. It's true that every life is good, right? But mm-hmm. it's, it's not right to say that every means, every possible means of creating life uh, is good. Um, that's, that's, not, that's not the case, um, because some means just ignore the order of our, uh, of our very humanity that God gave yeah. us. Yeah, it, it seems to me that the... Uh, artificial reproductive technologies really kind of, uh, I think, feeds the the idea of uh, children as products. That's you exactly know, w- right. When you think of the claims that some of the various uh, uh, fertilization clinics or whatever they're called, you know, uh, what they claim that they, they, they can do for you and what kind of child that they will produce for you, and so the idea of children as gifts kind of gets shunted off to the side, and then they become products, which really has a a, a larger effect on just how we view the her, the human person, which in, in a very damaging way. That's right, and that that's a deep, deep truth that um, that, we, that we know as a matter of faith, but it's also a truth that's really accessible to people outside the faith. You know, the word that's used, you use the word product, another word that's often used is commodification, mm-hmm. when we treat people like commodities. And so I was on the, um, I was on the phone a couple weeks ago with a lady, uh, I don't think she's Catholic, she uh, lives in Minnesota, and she's the director of a, um, a human trafficking nonprofit. So she's fighting against human trafficking, sex trafficking, she's very concerned with the protection of women. And... Um, I wanted to visit with her about surrogacy because I understood uh, from a friend that she was opposed to commercial surrogacy. And so I was on the phone with her, and she said, yeah, it's, it's true, Chris. I'm very opposed to commercial surrogacy. But, but um, since you, you heard of me, I've also I've changed my position. I said, oh, really? Tell, you know, tell me more. She says, I'm now also opposed to what they call altruistic surrogacy, meaning uh, an arrangement in which there's no exchange of funds. I said, oh, really? You know, that's, 
Uh, that's great. We're, we're agreed on that. What brought you to that position? She said, I really just came to see that even though there's not an exchange of money, it's still treating the woman and the child like, like products, like, like they're just being used, not, right. not, as, uh, not as engine of themselves. What a beautiful realization on her part. And it's someone led her to truth in that, and, and her heart resonated with that truth. What a great example. Um, it, the, other, the other part of it is um, the opposite of them being a product or a commodity is that the truth that life is a gift and it's not something to be lusted after or or um, grabbed at, but rather that we receive the gift of life. Yes. That, that's right. You know, and that's um, that's a, a, a point that the church really draws out uh, in the catechism too. That it's like uh, it, it would be wrong to conceive as a, of a child as, a, as something I'm entitled to. Rather, children are always to be see, received as gifts. Yes. Um, yeah. So, it, and one of one of the obvious difficulties or, or sources of pain that often comes up and I think is worth um, just naming is, is infertility. You know, couple, couples that, that, that bear this, um, that, that, are, that can't conceive uh, of their own, we, I mean, we just got to recognize, and the Church does recognize, really names it in the Catechism, like, this is, this is truly a suffering. Um, and we can even think back to Genesis um, of who is it? Uh, Rachel cries out, mm. "I, you know, give me your child, or I will die." Like mm-hmm. we can just like feel her pain, can't mm-hmm. we? Yes, absolutely. The, the thing that the thing that the church teaches that just fills me with such inspiration and hope is that even in the midst of the suffering, like we're called to we're called to greatness in a radical way. Mm. So in the midst of pain and suffering, um, this is, I'm just going to quote real briefly from the Catechism. It says, uh, people who bear the suffering should unite themselves with the Lord's cross, which is the source of all spiritual fecundity, so all, all spiritual fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. And they can get expression of their generosity, because that's really what's, what's there in the heart, is like a desire to give, mm-hmm. to give love. They, they can give expression to this generosity through adoption or performing uh, demanding services for others. So there's really, um, the Church recognizes that this is, this is painful, but calls us on to virtue and holiness, even in, in that experience. Well, this, this is a great discussion, but I, I want to just interject right now that uh, for those who have just uh, tuned in, that uh, you're listening to Real Presence Live, uh, I'm Jack Kennelly and my wife Doreen. We are your hosts for today. Our guest is is Chris Motes from the uh, the diocese from the South Dakota Catholic Conference, and uh, we're discussing uh, basically the uh, kind of the concerns and problems with artificial reproductive technology. Two specific things that are involved in um, in reproductive technology might be the um, harvesting of eggs from a woman and the donation of sperm from a man. Um, could you just uh, enlighten our listeners as to 
why those are very serious ethical concerns, the egg harvesting and the sperm donation? Sure. Well, well at, the, at the very fundamental level, there are, there are technological steps in separating the creation of life from the marital act. But even within, you know, so we think uh, grace built upon nature, we can even observe within just the natural order harmful consequences that result. Um, uh, so egg harvesting, for example, technologically, like how it happens is a woman is, her system is essentially shocked with an overload of, of hormones that causes her ovary to release um, uh, a large number of eggs all at once. And that's how they're extracted from her body and so forth. And often, often not, not always, but women, um, a lot of times it's women who need money. They're going to sell their eggs. Mm-hmm. The well-known documented cases of you know, college students, so on and so forth. But this, this massive uh, amount of hormones, it's not without health risks. Um, and it's been associated with, uh, with cancer, with breast cancer. Um, and so it's like, you know, even even without going right to the heart of the matter, the separation uh, from the marital act, we can see that it's manifesting itself in ways that are contrary to our health. Uh, with, with sperm donation, at the same time, you know, one of the a number of problems, just a few that we could mention, is there are men out there that father hundreds, um, and I think some even approaching thousand uh, children. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have hundreds and hundreds of biological children. Um, and and we know that as these children grow, a lot of these kids just, um, you know, we all want to know where we came from. You know, we, like, have this innate desire to, like, know our identity. Mm-hmm. And so you just, you know, kind of, there's, a, there's like, a restlessness of, like, I'm a, I'm a numberless, my father didn't, my father didn't love me. Mm-hmm. My mother didn't care for me. I was just, uh, you know, a liquid in a cup. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I, I could go on and on, and I guess one of the reasons that those specific aspects, technological aspects, are mentioned is because those are a couple of things that are going to be addressed by uh, an expert uh, in this field that the South Dakota Catholic Conference is, is bringing to your listeners in both Sioux Falls and in Rapid City in the coming weeks. Oh, excellent. Do, yeah. do, you, do you have any details for us, Chris, on that? Uh, I'd love to share. Yeah, so the, the woman's name is Jennifer Law. She's the president of the Center for Bioethics and Culture. She's a pediatric nurse, a bioethicist, and a filmmaker. She's going to be speaking at Our Lady of Perpetual Health Cathedral in Rapid City at 7 p.m. on September 9th. It's a Monday. Um, and she'll be speaking in Sioux Falls the following day at Holy Spirit Parish. It's at 7 p.m. September 10th. Um, and she's going to be speaking about these, these issues uh, directly. She's a masterful storyteller. She's conducted many, many interviews with people that have been harmed by these practices. Um, so I'm really excited uh, to, be, to be bringing her. And um, those are open to the public, Chris? They're, they're open to the public. And Jennifer is really accustomed to speaking with both Catholic and non-Catholic audiences. So if you've got, you know, a, a friend that's curious and open, it, it's really open open to the public. It's It sounds like it's going to be a great program, and I think it would be wonderful if uh, 
a lot of non-Catholics would uh, attend because we know that the uh, the information we get from the secular media about Catholic bioethics is by and large uh, misrepresents what the t church teaches uh, and sometimes you wonder if it's uh, deliberately done. But uh, I think it sounds, you know, we need to have these kind of conferences and we need people to attend them and so that they can find out what the church really teaches and the benefits of it. And so with, with that, uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to close down this segment. But Chris, thank you very much. Uh, we could talk about this for a long time, but uh, the clock doesn't let us do that.